All right, my werewolf babies. Tonight, we got Johnny Culotti, the director of Devil's Gate, a documentary about some crazy stuff in Pasadena. He's also a very big Bigfoot enthusiast, as you will find out. Got some really great points on that. We get into some serial killers. I dive into a little bit of the MK Ultra with my little knowledge that I have of it. And that's what we're getting into tonight. So hop on in the Werewolf Mobile. Let's do this with Johnny Kulati. Ow! Johnny through a couple of friends of mine that work at the ever-famous Wacko soap plant on Hollywood Boulevard. He recently married a good friend of mine, April, and he had to do an interview for his class with a podcaster. That's how we met and just hit it off and really into the paranormal stuff. I think after this interview, we're definitely going to have to have Johnny back on Werewolf Radio for some more stuff, get into some Men in Black and whatever else. But without further ado, I bring to you Mr. Johnny Kulati. Johnny Kulati. Welcome to Werewolf Radio. Hello. Thank you for having me. We were just talking about Sword and Scale, how it's a great podcast if dude wasn't such a douche. Mike Bidet. Bidet. Named after an asshole cleaner. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking about serial killers, how there's just so many of them and we you know you find out about them on sword and scale like you know some crazy heinous murder of multiple people on like it just happened like a year ago and like you never heard of any of this stuff i wouldn't even know yeah. about half that stuff if it wasn't for sword and scale and podcasts like that like mr bolin i was telling you about what dude is just mm-hmm. a narrator and yeah. Your dad is a true crime writer, correct? That is true. He wrote um, the late eighty, just the late eighties, going into the nineties. He wrote uh, one, two, three, five non-fiction books. Four, five. Yeah. Four. What were some of the were the topics or? Oh, well, yeah, I actually have some pretty interesting stories about that. Um, Well, the first book he wrote was called Masquerade. His name is Lowell Caulfield. And he, uh, his first book was really successful, Masquerade. That was about, like, a pimp who uh, murdered, um, he murdered this psychologist leading a double life, uh, did beat him to death with a baseball bat and dismembered him and scared him all over Michigan. 
Wow. That's where we're from. Yeah, and that's a cool book. And then he <laughs> and then he wrote Forever in Five Days, which is about um, these two women working in a nursing home. Oh, that, I heard that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and they were they made a love pact with each other to play they, the murder game. Did they or did they sign? up for like life insurance for these cats or that they killed or no i don't think so it was like totally just like the the one lady kathy wood was like really manipulative and uh kind of just like made this love pack with this this troubled girl gwen and and uh it was it's kind of complicated weird manipulative right thing where it's like oh we're going to murder some of these like very very old people in the nursing home and it's going to be our secret but you know because it's our love pack secret kind of thing and it just got really twisted oh, so it, was just, it was just out of the, the joy of killing yeah yeah like really psychotic there, shit. and it's weird that you know because you know women Serial killers are, you know, other than Eileen Warnos, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a, I mean, well, there was the chick that was Ken and Barbie, they even killed her own sister, you know, like, they raped and killed her own little sister. Yeah. And they did that whole gnarly business, but, I mean, the, it, it's always a trip when there's women that have done it. Like, there was the yeah. older woman, she was out here. That took in homeless people and whatever's, and she had this house that, yeah, her name was, uh, I want to say Delia, I could be wrong, but she, life insurance took them out, and then there was another love pack of two nurses that did that, where it was life insurance stuff mm-hmm. as well, so I mean, it's, when yeah. you hear that women are involved in it, it's like, wow, it's like yeah. a whole different level it's like um, i mean not sorry guys don't mean this sounds but it's almost expected with men <laughs> yeah really, totally yeah it's it's not so much it's with, unusual with you know yeah, it's funny we were talking about sword and scale in the episode that i was like really into was about another michigan story about this um serial killing a woman she killed her you know she killed her husband and a bunch of other people. She was just a psycho. And there's no, like... You know, a lot of times, it seems like women serial killers or murderers, it's it's often, like, this more of a passive, like, poison killing. Yeah. You hear about yeah. this. And there's some, like, or life insurance. There's, like, some kind of motive. It's, like, right. really rare when, like... When, like, I... It, at least as far as I know, what I hear about is, like, women that murder for the joy of it or just the power trip of it yeah well like, like it's a rare thing and it's like really scary i can't remember what their real names are but the ken and barbie thing like it was like a love pack for them you yeah know? like their kind of thing and that was you know and of course you have your childhood traumas and all that fun stuff but mm-hmm. then you get into things that have like weirder backstories like the conspiracies of things like uh the Unabomber, mm-hmm. who was part of the Hartford uh, LSD test, which is yeah. part of the MK Ultra thing that happened, and uh, then then also the Manson things in question right now. This guy, I think I'll say his name's Tom O'Neill, 
I just heard about it on a Joe Rogan show a couple years ago, or whenever he was on, and more or less the MK Ultra stuff. Manson was part of one of the uh, hospitals in San Francisco. I haven't read the book, so I don't know everything. Just from what I remember of the podcast, he had the the doctor that was there. Manson was getting chicks that were like, you know, that had STDs or whatever, and he'd take care of these girls, and they had like this thing, and they were kind of made it more or less make this happen, give them acid and do yeah. that stuff. Because, like, you know, when you look at interviews with not Squeaky From, because she's off the chain, but like, uh, God, why can't I think of any of their names? Uh, a tax, I know it's tax. Yeah, there's tax, there's a. Uh, but I can't remember the. Susan the and. Yeah. Uh, can't remember but they uh were like we don't really remember him even taking acid yeah. like it was just well that whole manson thing is just like who knows what the fuck really actually went on i actually i remember seeing a documentary talking about like alternate theories of like how that whole thing went down and man they made a lot of sense yeah and like you know, I think the theory was it was like a drug deal thing with some bikers gone bad, and it just like kind of just spiraled into this madness and like I yeah I don't, I don't know, know anything about the biker thing. I just know about him being something to do with like Terry Melcher. <laughs> something to do with like a biker gang. I think I don't know. It was like this recent documentary. It was like really fascinating, but yeah, I think I mean he's obviously an evil bad dude. Yeah, but I weirdly don't think he's as bad maybe and you know strike me down like i could be totally wrong but these like alternate theories i heard it's like kind of makes him out not not to be as bad as most people would label him it's really the people under under him i don't know i think he's pretty bad because i mean he had a rap sheet for fucking days yeah he's an evil that. dude yeah he's a he's a victim too he's like been abused his whole life in prison right. he grew up i mean in that's prison. that's the making of a serial killer yeah. or a bad person i'm not yeah. saying charles Manson. don't get me wrong right. he's a bad dude like my, he, he my... deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life <laughs> you know like yeah, he, he but, finally died so yeah so. But uh, his the thing with him was they did all that MK Ultra testing on college students and mm-hmm. prisoners, right. so that's where the introduction to him with the MK Ultra uh, thing was was they did tests and shit with him. When he what was what is the MK Ultra thing again? What? MK Ultra was uh, a thing that started with the CIA. I want to say what it was called something else, and I'm just got the book uh, Poisoner-in-Chief about Sidney Gottlieb who was a CIA guy that started it and they started doing like testing with uh, you know like with LSD and like doing like that as a truth serum to get people to talk and okay. they would get hookers to dose Johns and they'd have a double mirror and you know the Johns mm-hmm. would be somebody of interest to them and they'd get them to talk and that was kind of how it started, and then it spiderwebbed into all kinds of different projects. And there was like, you know, the possibility of a Project Monarch, which was the story of the girl that um, was, uh, I don't know if she was abducted or she had memories of satanic cults, and she was being used, you know, to, they made her eat a baby and, like, all this crazy shit. <laughs> and that started the whole satanic panic. 
mm-hmm. and that whole thing that happened in the 80s. Yeah. You know, and that was, that came from that. That was like all one of the, one of the spider webs of MKUltra. It was mainly mind control uh, situation. Yeah. Or, you know, it sounds like it would be like some kind of like light beer that. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yep, he's that's, on a boat with drink or <laughs> MK Ultra. Yeah. Gotta watch my or watch like my a way. Mortal Kombat game. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so that That's was great. like the conspiracy with that. So like when this whole QAnon shit started, I was like, this is the satanic panic all over again. It was uh, like they get like some truth of something, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, and that's why they think pro- like her story was de- apparently debunked. It's still questionable. But like, you know, you get what same that they did with UFOs uh, with Project uh, Blue Book. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, there's, don't get like somebody, go go find the, you know, the conspiracy guy and tell them this truth, but muddy it with all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what, for me, was QA on. Because like when that shit started, I'm like, I knew about that shit forever. You know, like, yeah. you know, like I knew that there's been, you know, famous people getting little boys and little girls, you know, there's been yeah. that whole thing. So I'm like, oh, I'm in on this QA on shit. And then it was like, Trump's going to save us from all that. I was like, ah, fuck, you guys almost had me. Well, yeah, Yeah, it's like like they find, like, little little bits of truth that Mm -hmm. people latch onto or that, like, that makes sense. And then they just take it to clown town. Yeah. And that's that's what happened, making it, like, a satanic panic in 2020. Yeah. You know, so it was just like, you know, all of a sudden then there's this, like, Satan all of a sudden, you know, all the celebrities are Satanists. Yeah. But getting into Project Blue Book and UFOs, that whole situation had, still has factual stuff. And it's like, people think that UFO things are conspiracies. This was an actual project. I mean, there's, (laughs) this really happened. It's not, there's no theory, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not, a conspiracy. This is documented shit, you know, that they have yeah. no explanations for. I actually heard, like, on the subject of aliens and UFOs and stuff, um, and excuse me if it's a little bit off topic, but I heard this interesting thing today that from, um, there's this new, um, shit, I Okay, I need can't to, remember. We need to go into a different topic anyway. Well, I can't remember the guy's name. It's like this guy who's been writing. He he just released his second book, and I heard on Mysterious Universe, I think, or the podcast. Um, but he claims to be an abductee, and he claims that he has no uh, what do you call it, uh, mind regression. Like when they kind of like clear your memory, so you can't remember. He right. claims he can remember everything. That he's like this special case, and he has this wild abduction story that where he was an ambulance driver working on a military base with his best friend, and they go out in the woods and they get abducted by the aliens, and um, it's a very Travis Walton kind right. of almost inspired story and it's like actually a really good story even if it's all bullshit you're like wow this is scary and this I, is I interesting believe the Travis Walton and, thing. yeah i believe Travis Walton too but um the f- funny thing is it's like the, so on this podcast i think it was mysterious universe they were kind of like doing a summary of his second book and um 
you know, a lot of times in these abduction cases, like, the shit gets so weird and unbelievable. You know, it's like, oh, like, they came to me as little monkeys or, like, a clown or, or, or something like that. And, and, they, and he claims that the reason why they come to you in these unbelievable kind of, like, uh, costumes and forms and ways is so that when you try, if you're like, hey, this happened to me, like, Richard Nixon came in my room and, like, asked me (laughs) to go into the Oval Office and then I was getting abducted by aliens, it sounds so unbelievable. Right. Like, no one will believe that. Be like, that's crazy. You're crazy. And they do that on purpose. He says they're doing it on purpose to hide, you know, that they're doing it. Yeah, because they don't want people to believe they exist. You know, because they have, like, this mission. You know, and it got really far out. He was saying that, like, people are living on the moon and hybrids, and it gets really, you know, crazy. But... But, I know. don't find that hard, that too hard to believe. Like I you also know, think, I, like same with uh, Antarctica. Like I mean, there's some, there's some yeah. shit happening in Antarctica for sure. Yeah. In places you can't get to, and of course, you know, your dark side of the moon. Apparently, the Nazis have been there for a while. There's a base that's on the dark side of the moon. It's a. Yeah, I try to keep a really open mind about things. So like, unless I know the the hard data, it's like, well, it's possible. Yeah. You know. It's like, I, I was just telling my friend today about, it's like, okay, what do we know for sure about, like, UFOs? Well, we know UFOs exist yeah. because we see them. And with these new military uh, videos, okay, so we know that's real. We know there are Tic Tacs-looking mm-hmm. objects flying at incredible rates of speed, doing maneuvers. Like, vertical, like you know, horizontally, or yeah. diagonally. We that. know that is happening, and we know that they don't make sonic booms when they, for whatever reason. Now, why wouldn't it be making a sonic boom? Well, it could be an illusion, but it's probably not that, because we have videos taken by the military of them coming Going in and out of the water. You see them splashing in and out. That's the thing is most... You would think that most of uh, your sightings through military would be Air Force, which there yeah. is. But so, Navy dudes been seeing shit for yeah, years coming yeah, out of the and, water. And we know that that's real. That is happening. And no one knows what the hell they are. So we know that... Like, we have hard data. We know that exists. Now, when it comes to, like, abductions and all the other far-out stuff, it's like... We don't know for sure, but we do know for sure that that's going on. And, like, why everyone in the world isn't totally freaking out over it is beyond me. And it's kind of like this attitude where it's like, well, I always knew they were real. And and I I have to admit, I kind of have that attitude, too. But I don't know, man. It's just like, why isn't this the most important thing going on? in the world because right now. Because people can't handle it. They can't handle it. Nobody can. I mean, like, you know, and not only that, man, I've said this before and probably on this podcast, if there was some giant ship in the sky right now, I would still be skeptical. Like, it could be right in front of me right now and I'd be like, that's a hologram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like that too. Like, Speaking you know, of giant ships, yeah, and then, and then we know about the Phoenix lights. Okay? Hundreds and hundreds of 
witnesses with yeah, the Phoenix even, Lights. Even and, the reporters. Yeah, and we have footage of it, and we know it's flight path, and we have hundreds of witnesses saying that these are not flares. We saw it blocking out the clouds and right. the sun as it flew over us, and it was a mile yeah. long. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's an illusion. Like, that would be a hell... That's a, beyond and, some David Copperfield shit. And that was in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that was in, in like, 90s. 95, I yeah, think. Yeah, so, I mean, that was before, like, we... the. The technology of making a, a hologram yeah. even a mile long. It happened. You know, it, there's no doubt about it that that happened. And there's no doubt that they are not flares. I'm sorry, they're not flares. No. There's too many witnesses being like, I saw it block out the stars and the clouds. Hey, like, Art Bell's seen it too. Yeah. He's like, that was his one thing that he's like, he's like, I have two for sure things. There's astral projection happened to him. Mm-hmm. And he went to France. And astral projection, and he saw the black uh, drone triangle home plate. Like it looks like mm-hmm. a, the home plate of a baseball field, and that was the big black thing he saw in Nevada. And I love that dude. And like I feel yeah. like he was like the most honest dude. Like he's like, those are my two. He's like, I had these two, but you know, caller, let's hear yours. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's just yeah, he absolutely such a, insane he, person. He has. <laughs> Such a great attitude about because he will let like an obviously whacked out insane person just and like do the thing. So and, nice he's, and he's nice to him and he, and it's fun for him and it's fun for me. I have a similar attitude. It's like yeah, let the the guy tell his story. Sometimes, you know? oh man, you're like this motherfucker has not slept in days and <laughs> I can't yeah, believe he's letting him ramble this long. Yeah, you know, like but I've heard like some his actual guests that been on there have said some crazy shit like there was a whole episode of this dude was talking about that when you die you go to the moon and that was that was his thing he was like yeah there's no heaven or hell and it's like no matter what you did on earth you'll be on the moon he's like you know my dead mother has come back and told me that (laughs) that that everybody's on the moon and i was like what the fuck so i mean it's just like it makes for even outlandish stories like that, mm-hmm. they, my head goes, that would make a great mm-hmm. script, or that yeah. would make a great book, or I would read that, or I'd well, watch that. It's funny you bring that up, because I remember I was telling you about this story I heard on Art Bell's tapes uh, about Mel's Hole, and you were like, oh, that sounds kind of like that show, Outer Range, I think you told us yeah. about it. We just finished Outer Range. I loved it. I think? liked the first half a lot. I didn't like the second half. But the first half's great. And it is very much inspired by that Mel's Hole story that uh, was on Art Bell's Come on, you program. didn't love that dude that would just break out into song all the time? Yeah, that, that, that was great. There was some great, cool things going on in that show. Oh, it's some so other things. Peaks. Some Yeah, it, it got a little just... And I didn't... It, the ambiguous ending, like, or whatever... You know, I was like, that's now it. They're going to make, I hope they make another season of it. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch the second season. But, but uh, getting back to that, so explain Mel's Hole. Okay, yeah, Mel's Hole. So this is like the latest thing I find. I can't believe I didn't know about this. Uh, I think Mel might be full of shit, but, or, well, here, I'll just go into it. Yeah. So this guy calls up, well, first he faxes Art Bell. And he's like, I got this hole in my property in... Washington State, it's a bottomless pit. I've been dropping, like, line into it. I can't find the bottom. It's about a nine-foot 
whole, you know, Definitely. perfect. Yeah. And uh, so he has him on the show, and he starts talking about it, and, like, people are calling in, they're asking questions about the whole, and this guy sounds for real, man. He doesn't sound crazy. Mm-hmm. He seems like a cool dude. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like this hole. And I, he dropped 15 miles of, like, line down in it. And it just seems to go nowhere. And, like, it's crazy. And then they're talking about, like, well, wouldn't the, like, amount of line you're dropping down eventually be the weight? It, it, it would feel like, it, you know, it's dropping forever. But it's really the just, weight of the line of itself is, like, right, making right. it seem like it's endless. They're like, well, maybe, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. It's just great. Did you a land surveyor or anyone that comes Well, in that's and... the thing. It's like, he, he's telling it, like, why don't you call someone? And he's like, yeah. well, I'm t- my wife works for the university, you know, and uh, I'm trying to get them to come out, but they just laugh at me, and you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. But anyway, so then, like, I mean, the, show, I would... the episode ends, though. Get this. This goes on, This is like a 10-year-long story. Okay. He... Like, I think like a week later or something, he calls back and he's like, and he's like, they, the, there are government agents with yellow gear, he calls it yellow gear, the like bulldozers and stuff, and they are armed agents and like, I don't know what organization they're from, they won't let me onto my property and they're threatening to charge me with like drug making charges because he was like an herbalist he's kind of like this hippie old hippie yeah and he he, i guess he was make growing like weird plants and trying to come up with natural remedies for things and they're like well you know kind of looks like you got a drug lab on his property better you know shut up and just like who's gonna believe you and and so art's like you gotta do something you know and just gets crazy and crazy so they've taken his property and then they like offer to like the i guess these people offer to uh they're like look we're willing to make a deal for you for this property and uh they offer him like two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month and to go live in Australia because he always wanted to go to Australia to save wombats. Yeah, <laughs> see how it's getting steadily just getting crazier and crazier. So this yeah. is like, this is literally like ten hours of of Art Bell, like, and it's just very slowly just getting crazier and crazier in the story. <laughs> and so they pay him to go live in Australia and forget about it. And there's some kind of lease going on with his land. And he's out there spending all the money on saving wombats in Australia. <laughs> and then so he decide, he he comes back. And this is over, like, he gets a phone call from this guy, Art Bell, like, once a year, you know, to check in. So it's spanning a long time. And, and, and it all started with this hole. And, he, and so he comes back for, like, some kind of family thing back to America. And he's, like, on a bus, this is what uh, this dude Mel claims, he, he's on a bus, and he, <laughs> there's some kind of altercation on the bus, like, people get on a fight on the bus, so the bus has to pull over, and, like, authorities get involved. That's the last thing he remembers. He wakes up in San Francisco with, like, all his back molars out of his mouth, like, someone took his teeth. His money's gone. His bank account's been cleared out. He's got nothing to his name. 
He's missing his back teeth and his belt buckle. And he's now he's on hard times and he's like basically living in his brother's basement or something. And then it just keeps going and going. He finds another hole in like Arizona and he's hanging out with uh some kind of uh, tribe. This guy's yeah, and then he suddenly pull like us like seal out of the hole and it's like this alien creature. It just gets crazier and crazier. crazier. But here's the funny thing, if you listen to the tapes, I'm convinced that it's three different callers pretending to be the same guy. I don't think, <laughs> I, I, because I feel like his voice changes a little bit. But then again, it's like maybe he's getting old. It's AM radio. Maybe it sounds right. a little different on the recording. And I like, don't know, man. Like, but it's insane, man. It is an amazing story. Unless even if it's he's bullshit. got like this, like calling, like you know, like one of the things that uh, uh, with all the paranormal and everything, like. People seeing goblins and stuff like that. I'm kind of like, nah. like you know, the cryptids and stuff. I think it's. I have tons Tommy of books Nackers. on it. I dig it, you know. But like me believing that half the shit with cryptid yeah. stuff, I'm like, no, I yeah, I'm not Garrison. into it. It's However, like the whole Hellier thing. Did you watch that? I started watching that. Yeah, and it starts off. You're like, this is gonna be amazing, and then it's just like nothing's happening. Yeah, I'm falling asleep. Yeah. Synchronicities. You read too many John Keel. Yeah. I love John Keel, but like I believe in the whole synchronicities things. Like there's yeah. the things that you can't explain, like like the whole metaphysical shit. I'm totally into. Like you know, yeah. remote viewing, the ESP, all of those kind of things that happen within ourselves. You know, astral projection. I mean, I believe that wholeheartedly because it happened to me. I definitely, I definitely believe in that. That, case, that so. happened to me as a kid, and it scared the crap out of me. But the other shit, I'm just like, oh, come on. However, I can't stop listening to it. I have to listen to, like, the whole goblin story, your fucking whatever shit you saw. But when it comes to anything past metaphysical, I'm kind of iffy about it. And when, But the thing is, what I'm getting to with that, sorry, I'm rambling. Uh, the... The whole thing. Like, he found... Alright, you got another hole. I'm like, oh, bullshit. But then I'm yeah. like, well... It's like, you know, it's like people hole? that get struck by lightning. They end up getting struck by lightning again. Like, you know what it's mm-hmm. like? It's like you're almost like a conduit for yeah. something to happen again. Like, you get abducted, you're just gonna keep getting fucking abducted. You know, right? you're gonna get hit by lightning, you're gonna hit again. And then same with people who hit the lottery. Mm-hmm. People who hit the lottery, they keep playing, they hit it again. Like, what's the chances of hitting the lottery once? But once you do... It happens, you know. So, I mean, there's, like, you become, like, this conduit, for lack of a better term, for yeah. strange things to keep happening to you. John so maybe Keel, dude did keep finding holes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> John Keel kind of talks about this with his, like, whole theory of, like, the, um, I forget what he calls it, you know, ultra-terrestrials and, like, the super spectrum, I think is what he calls it. Um, how, like, once you kind of get sucked in, he believes that, like, everything is linked, kind of. Or he theorizes that, like, UFOs, poltergeist, ghosts, cryptids, it's all part of, like, the same thing. Part of this spectrum of existence that, like, we can't really perceive. But once you start to see things... Yeah. Then in the It opens the up kind open. of like a doorway. And, yes, you become like a conduit, like mm-hmm. you were saying. Like, where you see more and more. It's like... Once you start looking, and if you find it, it just, it's like tearing open like a little hole into time and space, and it just gets bigger, and you yeah. see more, 
more yeah, I mean, shit. like I try yeah. to stay open-minded about things. Like you know, like if I keep, if somebody starts talking about goblins or some shit like that, I'm not go on. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not gonna be like, oh bullshit, and like cut them off. Little little I'm thing, like, weird, little no. goblins. Stuff, I love that stuff. Yes, like, because I want to know how crazy you are, yeah. and. Or, like, well, let's fucking get into it. Like, let's make an adventure about it. Let's go find out what this fucking goblin's all about. <laughs> Which gets me into your documentary. Oh, yeah. That you did here uh, in Pasadena. Yes, I did. What's it called? Uh, what is it called? It's called just <laughs> Devil's Gate. It's about the Devil's Gate Dam in Pasadena. So, student uh, made, I'm a film student. I'm an <laughs> Older film student. <laughs> I'm 39. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not a child. Um, yeah, but we had a lot of fun making it. It's about the Devil's Gate Dam in Pasadena and just like all the strange history surrounding it. And it was made by uh, me, but I made it with my friend uh, Carlos Garcia Queso, as we like to call him. And yeah, we just like dove into it and had a lot of fun. Um, what's the what, what's the story with Devil Gate? Devil's Gate. Devil's Gate Dam. Well, here we go. <laughs> the Devil's Gate Dam. It's a just an old dam <laughs> in Pasadena, and you know that's not really what's interesting about it. It just it's the stuff that kind of happened there. See, this guy, Jack Parsons, who was one of America's first rocket scientists, um, he uh, and all his other crazy rocket scientists friends in like the 20s and 30s would shoot rockets off at the base of the Devil's Gate Dam. And they had these big dreams of going to the moon and stuff. And everyone thought it was fucking crazy. You know, right. in the 20s, 30s, people are like, rocks to the moon? What are you talking about? Right. You, I mean, it's like the equivalent of me talking about, you know, astral projection or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like back then it's unheard of. And uh, so he's like this brilliant, crazy kind of guy. I think he was uh, dyslexic. So he wasn't like really like book smart but he was like brilliant in other ways so like a brilliant chemist anyway he so he was like basically discovering how to make rockets that would eventually get us to the moon with all these guys but he had this crazy double life he was um part of the agape lodge which is uh a sect of Aleister Crowley's uh, religious movement at the time uh, called uh, Thelema. So it's Aleister Crowley. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I did some research. Let me get my microphone here. And the Agape also is more or less the Ordo... What is it again? Hold on. Let me dig this up real quick. The Ordo Templi Orientis, uh, which was a thing Aleister Crowley started, I think, in 1910. I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole. I may focus on this for a later episode because it really is far out and the members as well, as Johnny's going to get into with Devil's Gate. So I just wanted to interject and 
let you know we're going to come back to this at some point without further ado johnny culotti the agape agape yes i'm sorry yeah uh i hope i'm pronouncing all these things right but um yeah it, it was called the agape lodge um it was like this lodge in pasadena where all these kooks kind of like had their sex magic rituals and so he gets involved in this cult you know that is alias Crowley's like the head of you know he ends up becoming the leader of that portion of this cult like at the agape lodge and it's all about sex magic and the power of will and right. stuff so he's like he's becoming quite wealthy things are going really good for him he's like you know, in a rocket race with the Nazis, basically, the, the like, military's, like, you know, paying him all this money and his friends. Um, they're founding JPL, or Jet Propulsion Laboratories, yeah. which is literally, like, the beginning of NASA. Right. So it's like the whole American space program is being, like, birthed by this guy. And right. on the weekends, he's, like, having orgies and taking crazy drugs and like As you screwing do. everything in sight and like and then like enter like enter uh Scientology what's his name uh, uh fucking why can't I think of his name L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard yeah L. Ron Hubbard shows up he's like I like what you guys are up to so he's like living in they're all living in his mansion and on Millionaire's Row in Pasadena but he's also making rockets for the military. Well, hey, it's just so weird. Had to do a timeout. Had to edit out a bunch of my rambling. And then we go into my favorite Nazis and occultism. Project Paperclip. All the weird, quirky connections between science, military. The unknown, paranormal. That's what we get into here on Werewolf Radio. So, with that being said, let's dive in. The other thing is with, the, with everything with the rockets and the things with the Nazis, how the Nazis got into NASA with Project Paperclip. Yeah. You know, I mean, they pretty much, we took over, we won the World War II, we grabbed all their fucking... Mm-hmm mad scientist and yeah it's a, it's a crazy story and, and it all starts off with these, the occult, these so. big yeah these big dreamers with these far out ideas it's just like you know yeah. it's like it makes you wonder if like you know things that we consider scientific facts like science now it's like it started off as like magic and like alchemy and stuff yeah. like you know but now your we know terms came from yeah know? so he's this far out dude and like he was at the base of the dam and he was like uh trying to summon like an antichrist this the moon child as aliaster crowley put it uh which is like this evolved kind of spiritual being i believe that kind of brings us into the next phase of human evolution but ultimately like leads to the downfall of the human race so it's right. like this antichrist type of thing so and that's what he's trying to do he's trying to bring us into the next phase of human evolution by taking us to the moon and like space travel and stuff yeah. all with rockets 
So he was doing all that at the base of the Devil's Gate Dam. He's trying to summon the moon child. He's having orgies. So there's like all this little lore. It's like, oh yeah, the, the demons are there. They, he was summoning, you know. And uh, people say it's haunted because of that. Like over at the Devil's Gate Dam. And then there's like another story with um, Mac Ray. I think his name's Mac Ray Edwards, serial killer. Who was a child serial killer in the 50s got like 13 kids he confessed of like four of them and he supposedly was no, uh that's terrifying yeah he was um <laughs> like whatever he, he was stashing killers. kids and like he was hiding them and he was a cow cow trans worker got like building roads and stuff and oh he hold was, up time out he was an adult killing children Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought he was a child serial killer. I was like, no, that's no, no, terrifying. No. He was that's like a, really he's a creepy scary. adult. Yeah. Oh, okay, he was killing and, kids. Yeah, yeah, and he was killing kids, and he was hiding the bodies in the cement, like in the highways. And supposedly, I hope this is accurate, he, he got caught attempting to kidnap someone around Devil's Gate Dam, because it's right next to the highway there. Right. And, um... And, yeah, and so people say you can hear, like, you know, kids crying and stuff over there, you know, like that whole thing. So it's it's a spooky place, and you know, and you can go down there and walk and get to the base of the dam and go to where they shot off the rockets. So me and Carlos, the documentary is just, you know, me and Carlos explaining the this whacked out stuff. I'm spoiling my whole documentary talk about it, but whatever. <laughs> no, it's it's like, you know, it's a, it's a short documentary. I think it's 12 minutes long. And, you know, it's us just explaining, like, the lore and, like, you know, the history behind the dam. Then we go there at night and we check it out and, you know, and then I, we have a walk through and then later I come back in the daytime and check it out and, you know, it's kind of like the chase is better than the catch, kind of like. Right. The more, you know, we didn't. It's entertaining. People seem to like it. It's funny. I, I tried it. to I make it, it funny. It was pretty great. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it, it's. A, I was surprised people loved it so much because, you know, I didn't go to film school to make documentaries. And so it started off as kind of like a pain in the ass for me. I was like. I make a documentary. I'm not right. a documentarian, you know, and it ended up being pretty fun. Yeah, um, and, you know, well, when it's a subject you dig, then of course. Yeah, that was the thing. I knew. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna do a documentary on some political shit or yeah. like some serious shit. I mean, I mean, I guess this stuff's serious, but like, you know, I, I'm gonna do some fun that I care about, not yeah. like, you know. But getting back to what you were saying, with the whole things like cryptids and all that shit being kind of connected. Yeah. Have you heard about the, I guess, folklore, rumor, story that Crowley's the one that summoned the Loch Ness Monster? Like, I have heard that because he had like a, he had a place like on the lake. Yeah, and he uh, opened Ooh. a portal and they think that the Loch Ness Monster came yeah, from I've heard Crowley's that portal. That's uh, cool. You know, I, I mean, if you believe the Loch Ness Monster. I do not. I think I don't believe it, it is a close-up of a snake or someone's finger in the water. Sturgeon or something. Yeah, I don't don't think that, you know, Mm -hmm. that's anything that I would really delve into. Here's the sad truth about a lot of cryptids. I think most of what people are seeing are 
bears yeah. standing up or yeah. sturgeons coming out of the water mm-hmm. or uh like you hear about wolf man i think it very well could just be a normal wolf with injured front legs that is adapted to learn how to walk on its hind legs dogs Good. do this all the time throwing uh, but right now dog man sightings are off the fucking i know it's, it's the they're new like thing. everywhere everything's dog man this dog man that or the other thing is is panthers in like Ohio. Oh, pan. Well, no, I actually have a great story about uh, Let's panthers. Hear it. And well, my mother saw a panther um, right on our private drive where I grew up, and uh, there. I think there though. And that was I think Michigan, they are right? were yeah. This is in Michigan. I think there was like some escape panther at some point, like so, like been, a couple like a couple a panthers got away. But this is like years afterwards, if I believe, and people, there was always like a lot of hunting where I grew up, yeah. and like hunters would be like, oh, you know, there's this big black jaguar, you know, like there's these big cats out there, and every hunter had a story or knew someone, and it was just kind of like that local thing. I remember my barber, okay, growing up, he had a picture of it. He had a picture of a big cat. It was just the face. And you, you had to point at it because it was so well camouflaged. And yeah, what it looked like a real, but it was like any of these cryptid pictures. You're like, is that what I'm seeing? Yeah. You know? And anyway, so my mother was just driving home one day on our private drive. It was this dirt drive. Where it, like, it was like a half mile dirt road into the forest. I grew up like in the forest in Michigan by Half Moon Lake and Crooked Lake, right by Hell, Michigan. That's basically where I grew up in hell. hell. Yeah, hell. there's a town called Hell in Michigan. That's like where I'm from. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah, I know. And she's driving and she, I'll never forget the day, the, the evening she like came into the, the kitchen. She's like, I saw the, the, the bobcat, the, 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 you know, the jaguar, the big cat that everyone's talking about. And I was like, get out of She's like, no. This thing was like, you know, like eight feet long. This was a big, two hundred pound cat. Yeah, a predator. Yeah. Yeah, and it was jet black. Well, I mean, it's been in Ohio. It's been Michigan, Indiana. You know, all around those areas. But you know what else has is kangaroos. And I had I, there's oh, wow. been talk of that. I mean, like callers have called in Bigfoot Collectors Club. There's been a couple about. Uh, these kangaroos, people seeing kangaroos in the U.S., you know, and in Middle America. Mm. Well, I've got, you know, those encyclopedia. I have the Man, Myth, and Magic. I got, mm-hmm. you know, like any kind of paranormal encyclopedia set. I've got them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and one of them was what it was. There are that is, they have pictures. The whole nine was in there. Was like the anomalies of the U.S. and a circus, circus that came yeah. through, and then they got loose, and then. They just fucking took off. Well, some people think the chugacabra is like a mutant kangaroo coyote thing, like some kind of hybrid. Yeah. Which makes sense, because if you look at some of these things, their hind legs are like kind of like kangaroo. Weird thing, this is, now, I've talked about this before. I had seen something when I was doing long haul driving in Texas. I bent down to look for something, probably get a water or whatever, and when I look back up, there was a small, it looked like my dog that was a pit, remember my dog Shorty? 
the pit bull corgi uh, small small dog. And I looked up, and it was, like, the ass of, like, that running off the highway, but it had a fucking rack of antlers. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, I have to go to sleep. I mean, like, I just saw something really, really weird, but I think it was sleep deprivation, honestly. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was driving, I think I was, like, on my 15th What, what is this? Jackalope? Yeah, like, I, that's, but it was too big to be, jackalopes are yeah. rabbits. Yeah. So it was just this weird thing. So I'm like, you know, when people say they see crazy things, you know, goblins mm-hmm. and stuff, I'm like, you have sleep deprivation. I'm here to testify. That's what, th- I mean, that's what I just chalk up to be. There's no way that, yeah. you know, it was anything. But the thing with Chupacabra getting back to that, I'm like, what if that was some kind of hybrid of something? But I'm like, yeah. you know, what the fuck was that? But Chupacabra, I could see that. That would be a trip. Like a fucking... Oh, yeah, I mean, I've seen... kangaroos are ripped. Yeah. They're fucking strong. And well, you see the, like, dead ones, and there's some of they're like, yeah, we, it's kind of a coyote. There's some of... There's yeah. some kind of new animal that's weird. But people report seeing gnarlier things than what they're finding, and, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a wishy-washy cryptid. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same with Bigfoot. How can you yeah. never see any of the bodies? Oh, because he dies in another dimension and yeah, all that stuff. Like, I really want to believe in Bigfoot. Me I really too, do. so I bad. I really want to. I just don't. I do. And let me tell you why. Okay, kids. He is going to tell you why. He is going to tell you why so hard. Johnny Culotti. High five, brother, on some seriously good points that you have in this upcoming conversation. Johnny is going to lay down some serious facts for you. Or some serious theories. I don't know, facts is a little bit of a stretch, especially when you're talking about a cryptid. But yeah, let's get into it. Homie's going to throw it down. Because of the Patterson Gable film, that, um... But didn't one of them come out and say, we faked that? Yeah, but he's full of shit. And it, Why is he full of shit? Because he can't recreate the walk. No human being can. Now, anthropologists and, like, biologists have studied this film. The way that thing is on that film, it, its bone structure and everything is not human. It's, it's like, the length of its... Uh, shins and yeah. the way its foot well, is and the... I've seen like very compelling documentaries and stuff on pe- people being like you can't do this and I've seen them try to recreate well, it they can't do that... it I know it kind of like at a glance you're like oh, it's just a person in a suit but my, it's I'm, not I'm, I'm telling you it. it's I'm, not why I'm for the Patterson film is the fur at that time they it was like fun fur like you mm-hmm. know like you know, they didn't have fur costumes that shimmered like that. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the fur could not have been fake. Is like, you yeah. know, and I'm like, Well, you can see one. the muscle mass underneath the fur. And here's another thing. I have so much to say about this. Sorry if I'm cutting right, you off. Right, but, yeah, like, you can see it. the muscle. You can see the muscles underneath it. You can, um, if, I mean, it's definitely a living thing. And if it is a person in a costume, then it has to be a very 
very heavy and large deformed human being in that <laughs> costume because it, like I can't tell you the specifics if you just do a little googling or watch some some of these better documentaries like the uh, unwanted Sasquatch is a good documentary they really go into it and the, the way the bottom foot lifts off the ground like they have like a a joint in the middle of their foot I believe that it bends in a way that a human being's foot, get, and you see it on the thing. And you, and something about, like, the bottom half of the leg is not proportioned like a human. And it it, it just does not walk like a human being. Like, was, the, like, you get these expert scientists being like, woman? that is not how a human being walks. Right. What was the and, woman's name that did Gorillas in the Mist and everything? is? I want to say it's Jane Goodall, but I don't know if that's her name. It's... The woman that is a gorilla expert. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. Did she have something to say about that? Uh, like, no, but like all these like other her experts. Testimony would mean the world to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I wish I could name drop the documentary or whatever, but. Uh, well, David Mel- I know Jeff Meldrum talks about it and like. Some really heavy names. They're like, this is unexplainable. There's a reason why we're still talking about it today. It's because these scientists are like, that is, we're not looking at a normal human being. I'm not saying, they don't say, like, that is Bigfoot. They say, if that is a human being, that is a deformed human being. And they've scientifically been able to see how tall it is. This thing's like six and a half feet tall. It's like 250, 300 pounds, probably more. It's... Uh, and then people also say, like, well, why is it just walking out in the open? And it's like, well, you don't hear these details about the story behind it. Right, and the loggers. That was in that loggers. Well, well, no, what it is, it's, they think that it was trying to draw the attention away from Patterson and Gimlin from the young. Now, some of the animals do when they feel threatened, if they have their young with them, they will ditch the young, hide, snatch them. Right. And then go out and draw the attention away from them. And they think that's what Patty was doing. And Patty, there's a reason why she's called Patty, because she's got those boobs. You can't yeah. fake those boobs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't. They jiggle. I, if, like, if I was going to go for Bigfoot, I was going to say I think Bigfoot might be a chick. Yeah, and, and so they think that's what it was. And there's even, like, if you don't see this footage a lot, but if you look at the full footage, they think they think, they can spot the two younger ones in the foliage before it gets oh, to the I'll thing. Have to give it a, yeah, give it and I've world. seen it, and it's like, oh, that could be like a face of like a little Bigfoot. But here's the interesting story. Foot. Here's the interesting story. So the whole story of Patterson and Gimlin, they were. It's not like they went out in the woods, and like sixteen hours in, they filmed this thing. They were looking for like a week or two, a week. They were looking for a while for Bigfoot because they had reports of um, of footprints out there, and their reports were of loggers fucking having yeah. the that they yeah. there's like no way somebody could lift this. Gallon there was all kinds of, of, of sightings of like you know it was like there was all kinds of sightings and was in throwing, there. It was trash and they had, they had found the and they field. had found the tracks and the tracks they kept on finding was bigger tracks with. Two smaller tracks, so mom yeah. and the two little babies. Fe- little feet. And little feet. And that's what they kept on finding. So they were looking for a mom and like two kids. And uh, 
you know, and they were out there for a long time before they they stumbled upon it, and they took the, you know, they even took the uh, cast of, uh, they're not the best Boogafoot cast, but they got the cast of all of it, and there's like three of them. It all checks out. The only thing that is a little kind of like, okay, gives me a little bit of doubt is, um, I can't, who's the one that's still alive? Is it Gimlin or Patterson? The one that died was always trying to get rich quick. He was kind of like a failed mm-hmm. kind of like schemer. Well, I just and, thought... and, and that makes me kind of like, oh shit, like, oh no, right. he's trying to. Well, Ron Moorhead, who wrote Quantum Bigfoot and a bunch of other stuff and Sierra Sounds and all that stuff that's, like, all about Bigfoot. I bought his book, and a lot of his stuff is pretty interesting. He has all kinds of theories, but he's still in touch with the one that's still alive. Like, they still go. I think it's Gimlin. Yeah, they they still go out to the Sierra Mountains and, and, you know. And Gimlin seems like a pretty, I mean... He doesn't seem like a liar to me. I'm sorry. But the guy claiming that he was in the suit, that guy's a liar. And I think they've even, like, proved that he's a liar. And But, yeah, I want to see a Bigfoot corpse before I can, I, I'm like, you know, you, I got to stay skeptical. People are like, why haven't I found a Bigfoot? Because it's like, well, have you ever found a bear corpse? Have you ever found any animal corpse in the woods? Yeah, totally have. Not me. Well, I, I haven't, in, but I'm not out in the woods. I, but I mean, I, mean, like, I used to bear. hunt deer growing up for I've seen I've seen dead deer I've seen that on the side of the road no well I mean yeah but I mean I've seen them in the in the woods you've just been walking to the woods and seen a dead deer yeah there's poached fucking deer all the fucking time well the well see you can explain that too though it's like okay like a bow hunter took a shot they couldn't track it and it eventually died right no one's hunting Bigfoot so like it's like that. There's I a re- reason why you aren't running into bear corpses in the woods. If somebody was, if there was a hunter and they saw a bigfoot, they're definitely going to try to shoot it. See, that's another thing I don't believe because it's the. I think these things are more related to human beings than apes, or might not even be related to. to well, we're related to apes, but people feel people that say they see bigfoot, they that have guns often won't shoot at it. Well, I guess you're right. Because they are too scared they're killing a human being. Right, You know, it's a wild man. And, uh, you know, and I think 95% of these Bigfoot reports are bullshit, but there's every now and again you hear one that just seems really legit. And, 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 you know, it's, it's a weird phenomenon. I think... Yeah, the thing is, I don't you know believe if it's... the testimony. Like, okay, like, I just because, like, I mean, I could say I've seen it, and I'm going to tell you it is 100% truth what I think I saw. You know, testimonies are very hard to make a solid, a solid belief on because, you know, somebody, you know, like somebody says they see a Bigfoot, and it was actually a bear on two feet. And they, mm-hmm. but they saw it, and they are telling you it. Yeah. Like if they took a lie detector test, those motherfuckers are gonna pass yeah. it with no problem. Yeah. Because that's what they yeah. saw. You and know? I think a lot of times people but, are seeing a bear. I think feet. I think yeah. so too. I think a lot of times they are. Yeah. But there are, but here's the thing. I used to always be on the like Meldrum side of things, where it's like, oh, it's just this really endangered, rare animal. Now I I was I did not believe Bigfoot had any 
thing to do with like the paranormal or alternate dimensions or aliens and shit. But my tune's starting to change a little bit. And let, let me tell you why. It's because of like all these reports of like the will of the wisp, the, the floating orbs, and they there are some. There's just some really compelling cases I've heard of people seeing the lights floating around, yeah. and um, and then if you want to even get into like Native American lore, how it's right. you know and all that stuff, and I don't you know that gets into religion and people's beliefs and stuff, so it's like I don't really take that stuff so seriously, but you know. I do keep an open mind. What if this thing is phasing in and out of whatever? You know, and it's possible. What, what if aliens are real and they don't have the ability to, you know, walk on our planet in... Like, I have this crazy theory. Okay, okay right. right? I was like, what? You hear about cattle mutilations and stuff yeah. like this? Why are aliens mutilating the cattle? Why are they cutting these specific parts? Maybe they're... Gr- Taking those physical specimens, those pieces of those cows and whatever, and so and learning how to biologically engineer things that can like walk on our planet, so they are engineering Bigfoots and possessing them because maybe they're like kind of like you know living in the ether the actual alien so it's their disguise so it's like that's how that's their spacesuit yeah that's That's how they get around you know that i thought now i'm like has anyone else thought of this i'm like no i have not yeah yeah, i dig it i dig it too and i was like i I even tried starting to try to write a story like where like this was the case it was like oh the guy just borrowed on my cows or getting all caught up and stuff and it's like but if you look at like Skinwalker Ranch and shit, there you, go. you got the cattle mutilations. People claim to see Bigfoot. The orbs. The orbs. All I mean, the shit. Everything that's there. It is, all coincides. It's like I think, like, what if this is what Bigfoot is? What if it's Bigfoot is a spacesuit for some kind of alien thing that doesn't have the ability to just walk around physically I like you it. and I do what if I it like needs what if it's engineered yeah. something to be able to check out earth are you, are you know you or hit, something are you hip to David Politis I'm not I'm not familiar with David Politis David Politis is the guy who did missing 411 and he was a cop and then he was a Bigfoot enthusiast or you know investigator so anyways he does uh he did investigating because there's so many people that go missing in national Mm -hmm. parks and there's Mm -hmm. no ledger of any of this stuff Mm -hmm. so there is no you know record and they're like by law we don't have to we're not the police so what the fuck and they're like and he's like what like everybody's like how do you not have they're like i don't know people go missing all the time so he starts investigating all these missing people and mm-hmm. when they find them, they're like miles away from where they mm-hmm. were, you know, last seen. Mm-hmm. And they find them like not even on a trail, like up on this hill. There's not even a path, and their clothes are folded neatly. They don't have shoes on. Their feet are pristine. Like this person didn't climb here. Yeah. Because without shoes, and their shoes are gone. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's like how their feet are not fucked at all from yeah. getting up here. So, like, how did this person get there 
you know, point A to point B, mm -hmm. why are their clothes folded? And like, you know, and they're dead. You know, so yeah. it's like, what the fuck? You know, that's yeah. just super bizarre. And every time I want to say they go missing, the weather changes drastically. Mm -hmm. Like temperatures drop, downpour of rain, every time. It's just, it's a for sure thing. Yeah. And the only people that they have found that were alive were either special needs or kids, and they say a bear kept them warm. Like they were with a big boy. You know, like that's Weird. the... The one that's, I mean, those are the only ones that seem to be alive. And it's very, very rare that, like, a kid or, because, I mean, kids will even be dead. Like, mm -hmm. they're miles away. Like, a little kid couldn't even climb this fucking yeah. mountain if he wanted to. And it just, none of it makes sense. And even it's when yeah. it's, like, packs of people. It's either the first person or the last person and, like, ten people. They'll just vanish. Like, gone. So, he does a lot of really cool investigating and yeah. his name's david Pluggles, and he's yeah one of my favorites. It, it's a it's freaking a little bit of a bow bow yeah. yeah and also the other thing when it comes to forests and stuff that really blows my mind because i feel it feels real personal to me like i almost want to go get a regression to see if this if i actually witness this but there'll be like staircases in the middle of the woods Oh, yeah, I, I know what the, I've heard yeah. about the staircases. But, I mean, some of them are brand-new-looking staircases. Some of them are old with ripped-up carpet on them. Some of them are just wooden staircases. That's creepy. That's a creepy story I've yeah. heard a few times. I yeah. know, and I, for some when I heard that, like, all the hair on my body stood up, and I was like, what? Like, mm -hmm. it hit me in, like, a really familiar way. You know, like, I feel like growing up in Pennsylvania... Uh, at the Cascade Quarry, I feel like I've fucking seen that, you know, and I, but I don't know if I have. I don't know if I, again, mm -hmm. it's, it's that testimony, but I'm not giving a testimony because yeah. I can't really give that, but it's that thing of like, it ha it's just too familiar to me mm -hmm. that I feel like that, that's one of those things like, I, I don't know if I believe it, mm -hmm. but I don't doubt it. It's like one of those things I'm, yeah. I'm interested in. I think a lot of people, it's it's funny, this this story. It just growing up in the woods. It's making me think about, um, you know, a lot of skeptics are like, well, just like, why aren't we seeing them? You know, why why haven't we seen it yet? And it's like, I don't know, what your experiences in the woods, but it is really hard to find animals in the woods the woods are loud and you scare everything everything yeah. knows you're coming from a mile away like where i grew up supposedly there's just wild turkeys everywhere okay i've only seen and i spent every day in the woods growing up for 16 years i've only seen a wild turkey once yeah. and they're supposedly everywhere right. these are like so camouflaged they're so silent and they're supposedly just all over the place yeah. And it's like, maybe if I knew how to hunt wild turkey, I could track them and find them. But, right. like, I'm not stumbling across wild turkeys. Yeah. It, it, it's very rare you stumble across even a deer in the woods. You know, because they right. come from my way. And that's what I don't get is, like, these people finding Bigfoot and, like, uh, Expedition Bigfoot. They're going out there and they're, like, blue jeans. <laughs> and they're, like, you're making a bunch of noise. It's like, dude, you're not going to find Big... If Bigfoot exists, you ain't going to find him that way. Yeah. You got to get, like... You know, camoed. You gotta like make sure you're downwind and like take a bath with special soap. Right. Like you know, like 
I mean, I hunted deer for a long time. I tracked deer, and it was hard. And there's right. deer everywhere in Michigan. Right. And, like, you know, I'd see a deer maybe once every three weeks. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and they're everywhere. And it's right. like, so imagine it's like if Bigfoot is not a paranormal thing. It's just an endangered animal. It's right. like, you, you know, how hard it is to find that motherfucker. Right. It's like, you got to be clever, you know, and it's. So it's just funny, people. All these skeptics about Bigfoot, and you being one of them. Sorry, but like, <laughs> it's like, oh, why? You know, why haven't we found a body on the woods and stuff? And it's like, dude, I've never found any corpse of any animal in the woods ever, unless it was killed by a human being yeah. that got drunk or lazy and stopped tracking it. Yeah, like the forest will consume whatever dies in it like something is going to come along and get rid of it and who knows maybe these things are intelligent maybe they bury their dead you know it's just like no one's come across a bear skeleton in the woods it's like you know you see in like fantasy movies like in hollywood movies like oh i guarantee you once this airs you're gonna hear everybody oh all my i've I've seen a bear skull i've found a bear this and that i've never seen a bear i've never seen any of that stuff. So uh, I saw a bear in the I woods once point. at the, the sequoias or whatever, but uh, but I've just never I've never come across a big dead animal that wasn't killed by him. Like right. I I've never even come across a de- dead deer, honestly, that yeah. was killed by a human, except for like I remember my dad like uh, put the remains of like one of the deer he shot like deep into the woods and like my dog came back home with like a deer skull in its mouth. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Man. It just doesn't happen, man. The woods are crazy, man. Alright, Werewolf Radio listeners, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Werewolf Radio with your host, me, T Magic. All music done by yours truly, T-Magic. You can find Mr. Johnny Culotti when you Google or search and YouTube Devil's Gate. I'll put that link in the post with the notes of the show. We're going to have him back. He's pretty hip to a lot of far out stuff. All right. I'm out of here. It's been a slice. Till next time. Ow!